Welcome to the Go All In Podcast. This is your reality check with me, Rob Bruss. I'm joined by my son, Cameron Bruss. Good day, Cam. How are you, mate? Thank you for having me. No worries, mate. I've, I've titled this one, ladies and gentlemen, I've titled this one A Younger Person's View of the Pandemic. I have a huge demographic difference uh, in the Go All In audience. I get emails from all sorts of people, which is kind of cool. Um, everything from 60-year-old uh, ladies to 70-year-old men and everything below that. I've had heaps of uh, interaction with many different teenagers over the last couple of years, which is really interesting. And I wanted uh, to bring somebody that I knew on this podcast just to have a little conversation about the pandemic and and their view of it. And Cam and I have spent the last 90 minutes or so just kind of covering off what's actually been happening in the world. And I've got to say, you seem a little bit shocked. Yeah. Obviously, I just haven't seen the, all the data in perspective. Like, you just see the few things the news presents to you, but you don't see it all together and how dramatic it is and the comparisons and all that kind of stuff. It's really interesting trying to get and formulate an opinion on sound bites of, of the news. And one of the things that I wanted to, um, to highlight with you when you said you were going to come over today was what we're looking at is history. And... Um, all of us have at some point looked back at history and seen the Great Depression. And we know when that was in time. We know that there was a giant stock market crash. Yesterday, there was a stock market crash bigger than that. And we're facing a pandemic like in 1918, potentially worse than that. Hopefully not worse than that. Hopefully it's nowhere near that. But we're facing the same sorts of things and history has a habit of repeating itself. But it's a slow moving beast. Yes. It's a slow moving beast. And in this modern day and age, you have media coming at you thick and fast constantly. And I'm interested to hear your view of all the conflicting media that comes. How do you know what's real, what's fake, what to believe? Do you care? What's your thoughts? Well, I pretty much the same view of it since it started about a week ago when um, the news finally started saying, you know, things are picking up and um, they, they declared it a pandemic and all. And then once they started announcing, you know, possible closure of schools, possible closure of universities, uh, stopping all, uh, possible stopping of all international travel and all that kind of stuff, it's like, oh, wow. Like, it's really starting to get, um, it's really starting to get serious and I should probably start paying a bit more attention like I went through a phase where I was just ignoring the notices my university was giving me and I was like and then about a week ago I was like no I should probably actually start paying attention to that like as it's like even if the information they give me isn't doesn't directly affect me at the time it's still important to know just to you know keep yourself in the loop keep keep yourself you know in the know. So you go to Macquarie University, which is in the northwestern suburbs of Sydney, and you said to me, just kind of jokingly and in jest, that that's like the epicenter of the outbreak here in Sydney. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, um, one of the the first few confirmed cases of um, coronavirus in Sydney was in the aged care facility, where the aged care worker had it, and then it was found that two of the patients in the aged care facility had been infected and one of them had died. And then it was traced back to she pick, 
I think it was her picking it up at a hospital uh, down in Ride, and um, one of the nurses at Ride Hospital had it, who gave it to her son, who went to Epping Boys High School, mm. which is why Epping Boys closed for a couple of days. Dude, and you're right next door. Exactly, just around the corner. Yeah, who would have so thought it come all the way from Wuhan to bloody Epping? Who would have exactly. thought? It's crazy. You know, and so the uni started, you know, they advised, they put, the first thing they did that everyone actually noticed was they started putting uh, hand sanitizing stations literally around the entire campus. Did you use them? And I use them all the time. Yep. You, heaps of people keep using them. Um, but, you know, then they started giving out notices like, even if you have a mild symptom of a cold, just a runny nose, just don't come. Yeah. You know? But people are a bit sceptical about that because you have some students who, you know, success is their only goal. Like, they want to do the best in their degree and the best in their courses, get the highest marks they can. And people were scared that, um, that they'd just come anyway. Well, even if they were feeling sick, even if they actually had COVID-19, you know, mm. they might actually come to campus anyway. And mm. it was posing a real threat. And today, this morning, at around 9 o'clock, we, uh, everyone, all students at Macquarie got sent an email saying, your mid-semester break has been moved effective tomorrow and the university will be closed for two weeks. That's it. They shut you down. Exactly. So, so here it comes. They've, so they've shut down the university, and so you, you're closed for two weeks, yep. and you said to me before that everything's moving online, um, so then you're going to do all your exams, all of your lectures, everything will go online. Did, did they say to you that how long that was going to go for, the shutdown, or is it indefinite? It's just indefinite at the moment. They just need the two-week period to get everything transferred onto online, get all the teaching stuff up to because the te all the teaching stuff only found out today as well. Yeah, right. As well as all the students. So it's really just wait and see. So the question that I've got is I, I always thought that the vast majority of university work that you did was online, but you chose to go to camp. Look at this, I don't even know what you do. You go to <laughs> campus and you do that, but is that's not a big deal. It's not a new thing, is it, to, that the uni course is now online? No, it's not. And um, even, so you've got internal and external students. So the internal students go to the lectures and go to classes mm -hmm. on campus, whereas the external students watch the lectures on, online and submit all their work online. Um, and even some internal students have online units yep. that they do, which right. have no physical lectures, no physical classes. It's all online submission. It's all pre-recorded classes. But, um, but yeah, So, but now everyone's been moved to that online module. How, how do you feel about it? The coronavirus... COVID-19 is affecting you directly. The pandemic is one of those four things that affects every single person on the planet. Thank yeah. God it's not an asteroid strike or a nuclear war or, a, or climate change moving at rapid speed, but here we are, the pandemic's affecting you directly. How do you feel about it? Well, there was a kind of take another thing that kind of shifted my view on as I was a bit taken aback where someone tested positive for it at a medical center only 900 meters from my house. Really, in the same suburb? The suburb next door, right? And so... Again, from Wuhan to the yes, suburb where you live. What the hell? It's ridiculous. So that was like, you know, it's right on your doorstep, basically. And Are you worried was, about it? Was, um, I wouldn't say worried. I more so like, you know, just, pre just want to prepare myself, get ready for... Just prepare for the worst, you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Mm. It's kind of what... I like to live by most things, really. Mm. So, like, 
just hope it'll turn out okay, but if not, at least you'll be prepared. At least you'll be stockpiled and you've got all... You've got everything you need to survive, get through it. So, Cam, tell the, um, tell the viewers here on the YouTube channel and the listeners of this podcast what you're actually studying at uni. I am doing high school math teaching mm-hmm. and I'm in my second year. Um, we were actually due to go on our first professional placement for two weeks at a high school in Sydney. But again, we just got an email this afternoon saying that is no longer going ahead. That's canned as well. As there is a foreseeable closure of all schools. So, so as, a, as a mathematician and somebody who's going to get a qualification in that, I showed you earlier uh, before we kick this off the active cases and the closed, sorry, the, the total number of deaths. And I don't want to be a, someone that's reading the scoreboard of horror out here on the YouTube channel, but I showed you two different graphs. I showed you a logarithmic graph and the, uh, the exponential graph. And maybe you can just explain to people what the differences are and what you saw in just like 30 seconds of me showing you those graphs. Because I, I, you said something to me that I didn't know, um, and it was actually pretty alarming to me. Yeah, so um, an exponential graph is basically a graph that starts, you know, slowly, but then exponentially. Looks like a hockey stick, right? Yes, it exponentially increases. So it's like a, it's almost like, it almost looks like a slide, yeah. right? And a logarithmic graph is basically the inverse of an exponential graph. Mm. It is just the reverse, basically. So if an exponential graph looks like that, a logarithmic graph will look like this. Right? Mm. But if... And ex- if there's exponential data that is increasing at such a rapid rate, the logarithmic graph will almost seem to tail into an exponential yeah. graph, you know? Which it shouldn't look that way. It should look the opposite. Exactly. It should... Well, what you would ideally want to see is the logarithmic graph flatten out. Mm. Mm. Or the exponential graph kind of just... Peter Peter's out. Yeah. Flatten. Yeah. So one of the things that um, the government has been saying and, and all of the people at the WHO have been saying is what we've got to do is we've got to flatten the curve. And the reason we want to flatten the curve is so we don't overwhelm the hospital systems and um, have too many cases coming in uh, that we can't deal with. And, and I think here in Australia, we're pretty well prepared. The government seems to be very reactive on a day-by-day basis. There's always something else happening. It's pretty hard to keep up with that news cycle. But I, I have a reasonable level of confidence that they know what they're doing. So if I get infected and I'm sick, they're going to take me there. They'll put me in a clinic. They're not going to send me to hospital. They're going to isolate me. If I have to go to a hospital, I've got to go to a hospital. So the idea of flattening the curve is so you don't overwhelm the hospital system. But tell us what one of the statisticians at your university said about flattening the curve. Yeah, so one of my mathematics lecturer was talking to one of the lead statisticians at my university, and um, he's been analysing the data of infected and basically the travel. That must be fun for a statistician to see in real time. Exactly right. Ever since um, the outbreak started in Wuhan, and as he was just following, he was following it for months and months and months. And he, all of a sudden, one day, he basically said, we're, we're two to three weeks too late, you know? Um, too late to do what? To stop, to flatten the curve. Two to three weeks too late. Mm. We should have gone into lockdown two to three weeks ago. Mm. But, you know, and Macquarie University was the last university in Sydney to um, take action and close. Only today. 
and that was only today. Um, unis were closing at the end, at the tail end of last week. Mm. Um, but yeah, the Lee, one of the, yeah, that statistician professor, you, um, it's he's like, every, the, it's just gonna, we're just gonna see a massive spike, and the spike's only gonna keep increasing. Like, the infection rate is just gonna exponentially go up. And as seen by that graph you showed me, that mm. seems like what's happening. That's what's happening. Not just in Australia, but mm. everywhere. So I follow another guy. Uh, his name's Chris Masterton, and his YouTube channel is called Peak Prosperity. And if you're watching this uh, this video on YouTube, just scroll down, and I'll put the link to his channel in there. And if you look, if you're listening to this on the podcast, just take a little peek at your phone, and right there in the show notes, I'll put a link to his YouTube channel there as well. And Chris Masterton, he's a um, he's got a, a PhD um, in pathology. But he's a finance guy, right? So he did pathology for the first half of his career, or first percentage of his career. And um, he does a daily breakdown of the numbers, what they mean, and he kind of aggregates the news from all over the world to dispel a few different myths. And one of the really, uh, one, of, one of the things that you will take away when you watch Chris's stuff, and it's, it's really good, you really like it. One of the things you'll take away is he has some vernacular that once someone tweeted to him that the way that this thing is going, it goes, case, case, case. Cluster, cluster, boom. And that's what you're seeing on these exponential graphs. It goes case, 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 cluster, cluster, boom. That's exactly what an exponential graph is. And it's off, and it's off to the races. And yeah. one really interesting thing that I'm seeing in all of the data and the graphs, and again, I'm not here to read the scoreboard, scoreboard of death or give you those numbers. You can look for those numbers yourself. And, and again, I'll put the links to all of these graphs down below in the show notes. And, and if you're listening on your phone, just take a peek so you're not gonna have to dig for it. You can find it right there. But what I'm seeing is we can almost predict actually what's gonna happen because Australia is at a place where Italy was, where South Korea was, where uh, America currently is in that exponential growth. Although they're further along, the numbers on their graph are higher up and we're down here, what do you think we should do? We, should, we, we need to stop it, right? Because that flattens that curve out, stops exactly. it going exponentially. Even though, even though we've been told, you know, it's too late to flatten, we can still do more things to slow the growth. Like the curve will still happen, but the growth, we can still slow down the growth, we can still slow down spread, you know? And considering there's countries that are weeks, even months ahead of us, like in those exponential graphs, in that data, we should really take action, look at what they did and didn't do, yep. and you know, implement that so we try not to follow, so we don't follow at least the same, if not a worse path. Yeah. You know, we follow a better path. I think we'll be okay here in Australia. I really do. I'm, I'm, I have a real huge level of confidence here in Australia that everything's gonna be okay. Um, and that's maybe a little bit of optimism bias, um, I don't think we're not going to be affected by the economy. I think it's going to be absolutely devastating okay. here for the economy and for small business in particular and, and big business as well. And if you haven't already seen the video that I did about the four stages of pandemic stress on businesses, I encourage you to check that out. And again, I'll place a link to that. You can probably see a link around here somewhere and it'll be down there in the show notes. So make sure you check that one out. Now that the, the virus has come all the way from mainland China and the Wuhan province or from Wuhan here to downtown central and southern Sydney. What, what do you think, man? We're living through history. If you could rewind to 1918 and the pandemic was happening, then we're, we're living through that right now. And right now we're recording history. You might look back at this video in 20 years time and go, man, look how 
young I was. Look at my dad. He was a good-looking dude. What do you think, man? Like when history is unfolding in front of us right now, and I'm a student of history. You know that about me. I love history. And it's unfolding right now. And to me, it's nearly incomprehensible that this is actually happening. I, I still, I'm still in a bit of a, a state of shock, a state of disbelief. But what, what do you think as a, as a younger person? Don't repeat the same mistakes. Take, as you follow, as you say, you know, is history repeating itself? If that is true, you can identify patterns, right? Don't repeat the same mistakes. Take action on the things that we didn't before. I've seen so many, you know, posts on social media like, it's like, as, as someone born in the late 1990s or the early 2000s, I saw, and I have, like, I've watched SARS happen and Ebola happen and swine flu happen. And it wasn't that bad. No, it, it was actually quite terrible, you know. So, have a, um, of course, like, have a light attitude to it. Like, don't go all, like, doomsday, you know, must stockpile everything, board off my windows. Like, don't do that because that only, I reckon that only snowballs the fear, you know. It snowballs the panic. Mm-hmm that we've seen a lot that um, has been exacerbated, mm. I must say, with social media and the news and all that stuff. One thing that I do know is that uh, people of your generation, and I say that with a big finger pointed at your generation, like that, you don't watch TV. So oh, really? no. there's, we don't have a TV here. You've got a TV at home, but you don't no, really don't watch. watch TV. Um, you get your information from YouTube, from tell me tell me where you get your news sources from where, where do you serve well it's the same new it's the same news sources as the tv you know the general stock standard channel seven nine abc that's in your it's social media it's just in the social media feed it's just in the google news feed like yeah. i get the news updates on my phone it's like google news and and, and prior to this have you ever paid much attention to that um a little bit <clears throat> not as um i wouldn't say as as hyper attentive as you're not a news junkie. Not a, not a news junkie, no. But um, pay attention. I started paying more attention to the news maybe like last year or so, especially around that election time. But um, yeah, I noticed never, that. Never you, really you're on the other side of the fence to me, and that was kind of <laughs> winding me up as my kid was had the other political denomination. You weirdo. Anyway, well, that's that's a, that's a podcast for another day. But yeah, so that's when I started paying attention to it. But um, and then I kind of dropped off a little bit and then I'm back on that vigilantly like looking like what's happening and yeah 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 but never I never t- I don't turn the tv on and watch you know sure I'll click on something on my youtube feed or my facebook feed or something like that I, I feel like this afternoon I kind of read you into a lot of stuff that was going on like you I told you a lot of stuff that you didn't realize you asked me about my doomsday apocalyptic version of it I share it with you and it's like all pretty depressing and sad and at some point I'm going to do a video about my views of that um, from an analytical perspective and I'll back it up with some facts as well so um, that video is going to be coming up shortly but now that I sort of caught you up in the last hour and a half to two hours and 90 minutes and we're having a conversation about it here are you worried um I don't no, I don't think worried is the right word. I think I just think worried has too many negative thoughts. Are you aware? Yes, a lot more aware now than I was three hours ago, right? Yeah. But um a lot more aware of the 
more harsh reality of the situation as the media, I don't know, it's kind of like, it's bad, but it's not that bad. That's what I've been seeing a lot, it, and mm. not just in the media, obviously, but social, just socials, YouTube, people that I know, not that bad. It only affects old people. I'm like, Well, here's the thing. <laughs> if, if you do something about it, if you as an individual take responsibility for it, and collectively as a community, we take responsibility for it by not exposing the older people in our community to us and being thoughtful about the way that we react. And if the government is responsible and they're trying to be, they're doing the best they can with the resources and the assets that they've got. If the government is being responsible as an individual you are and collectively as a community we are, it won't be that bad. Yeah. And, and in three months time, people will look back, the naysayers and the haters of it and the disbelievers will go, see, nothing happened. But if we do nothing, if we do nothing and rest on our laurels right now and make no decisions about anything, it will be like what's happening in the United States. Yeah, exactly. It will be like that. And that is gonna be an absolute disaster. Their whole financial system's about to come undone. Their whole banking system will come undone as a result of that. People, the, the job losses, the curfews, the national guard, the martial law, that's the natural progression of it. I don't hear a lot of people talking about doomsday out there but i'm here to give you one side one view of that hopefully i'm completely and totally wrong but unfortunately i've been right up until now with the predictions that i've been making what about the preparations that you've been making and and with your mom and your brother and your sisters you don't so can just for complete disclosure cameron doesn't live with me lives with his mom um you saw my pantry have you got a have you got a stocked pantry and a stock freezer like that we actually don't how many people are living in that house, man? Come on. Nine people at peak time. Nine people at peak time when everybody's around and you go up to Woolies or Coles and the shelves are empty. How do you feel about that? Is that a concern That's for you? It's a bit concerning. Mum, uh, I was talking to mum about it last night um, after I got home from wherever I was. I honestly can't even remember now. But um, we're talking about it over dinner and I'm just in the kitchen making myself a cup of tea and mum's like, she looks at a, I think it was actually this morning, She's just scrolling through her Facebook feed. And she's like, God, we're really going to starve to death, aren't we? I'm like, what? She's like, and she was reading a post like, don't go to this butcher because there's a two-hour wait and it, it's like a 30-hour wait to pay. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. If you, think, if, you think, if you think the pandemic's not going to affect you as a viewer of this YouTube channel, uh, it will. And it already is. All you got to do is just go up to your local Woolies or Coles and you'll see how it is absolutely affecting you. All jokes aside, do you have enough toilet paper? <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it can get pretty untidy pretty quickly from that perspective. I heard yesterday that they were going to restock everything um, tomorrow. So Wednesday, the 18th, Woolies and Coles uh, had huge deliveries of stuff yeah. coming in and they were going to restock everything like that. I think we'll be okay. Um, but don't go out there and be a jerk and stockpile what you don't need. Make sure you've got enough for three or four weeks of quarantine, and that's probably one bag, one twenty-four pack of that. That's a lot of bog roll. Oh, for nine people, you're going to need two or three Maybe you need two or three of those. <laughs> uh, for this little household we got here with three people, that's kind of enough for us. So, yeah, yeah. but um, I will say, don't, don't be a jerk to the Coles and Woolies workers. Like, Whatever you do, don't do like that. I have, yeah. a, I have a friend who... Hey, his job is to stock the shelves. Yeah. Who's and he he only works up the road from here at the Coles up the road and he's um. So many people are like, why don't you restock the toilet paper? And he's like, 
What I, am I supposed to do about I it? I saw that exact thing happening yeah. last night. I had my headphones in as I was walking around the shops and, and I was at Woolies at, it was like quarter to nine at night when I got there thinking, thinking that, yeah, it's going to be all right. There'll be no one there. You know, all the people are going to be kind of at home on, <laughs> on, a, on a Monday night. No, no, I went there. It was like Christmas Eve. It was absolutely chockers. There were so many people there and the, the aisles, were, there was one aisle that was empty end to end, completely empty both sides, completely gone. And that wasn't the toilet paper aisle. Um, that was like all those like bits and pieces here and there on the shelves. And there was trolleys and trolleys and trolleys of um, people restocking those particular shelves like that. And I saw one person getting really upset with one of those staff members. And that person mustn't have been more than 17, 16 or 17 years old, that kid. And she was right up in his face, screaming at him and carrying on at him like that. And I could hear it over... Megadeth playing in my headphones. I'm like, what the hell? You know, calm down, lady. Like, go and buy something else instead. The thing that made it surreal for me is I went to a, I went to a local Woolies with one of my mates and um, toilet paper aisle, paper towel, paper towel, empty, as predicted, right? So I'm just walking through and another thing now, yeah, just take it back. There's um, one by one a Coles worker standing there handing it out. Just... Yeah, you only get one. Yeah, get rationed. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what is happening? Like, I didn't, because it was the first time I'd been to the, sh- been to a Woolies or Coles since. You just had an to. Yeah, fiasco, right? And yeah. So, wow. It, it again another thing that put it into perspective. You know. Yeah. Another thing that made it seem real. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I uh, I got a message, uh, from my friend Prash who created. Uh, the meditations and the subliminals that we uh, kind of give a little plug to at the end of these videos, at the end of these videos. And uh, he sent me a pretty concerning message last night saying that he was no good to anybody. Um, He got a really sore throat. He was feeling really run down. He was going to go to bed. And like, I was like, man, is, is that the end of my mate in the UK like that? What the, what the hell? How did it get from Wuhan to Sydney to downtown London where he is like that? Please, please, if you're watching this and you're listening to this, do what you can to consider other people. Um, I I think if we're more socially responsible ourselves, it will limit the chance of uh, the spread and the opportunity for this thing to spread and really take hold for an extended period of time will, will be reduced. Yeah, you just you you really can't take a selfish attitude to this, you know. No, you must you must take responsibility. It's, it's the worst thing you can do. Mm. Like consider those other people, you know. Like I, like I was saying, I was saying before. Um, if you get infected and like only have a mild case of it, like yeah, that's all right for you, and you can keep going outside. But you and you could infect fifty other people. You're indirectly responsible for three or four of those people dying. Yeah, mathematic. If, if the mathemat- the mathematician in you says right. that, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So you really need to practice that. Practice social isolation. Don't go to those crowded places if you've, and especially don't go to those crowded places if you're feeling a bit crook. Yeah, yeah. There, I saw a um, I saw a. It wasn't really a meme. It was more of a message. as a picture of a of a young like he's a ripped dude, and on the bottom of it says, "Your grandma and grandpa were asked to pick up a gun and go to war." And you're asked to be to stay at home, just just stay at home. If you're not well, just stay at home. We're not asking to do much. Just please follow the instructions and the advice of the professionals out there and and do that because it's a good idea. 
Cam, I'm going to ask you a, a challenging question, mate. When I was your age, um, I would not know the answer to this question because no one ever really asked me and I never, I never really thought about it. And you, you asked me before, I, I, I showed Cameron the headlines for the videos that I was going to create for this series here, Your Reality Check with Rob. And I, so there's a bunch of headlines in there and I asked him, you know, what do you want to make some videos about? And he said to me that that line item was really interesting. Is, is everything going to go back to the way it was or is it going to be different? And unfortunately, unfortunately, I am the bringer of bad news here. Nothing is going to be the same ever again. The, the way our society operates for the next six months, nine, maybe as long as two years is going to change. The social distancing is going to be the new norm. So whatever business that you have, you need to transition online immediately. No more teetering in the, around the edges of having a hybrid business, half online, half offline. You need to get your business online now because if you don't, you're going to die on the vine. Your business is going to catch the coronavirus and it's going to suffocate. That's just the reality of it. You've, you've got to change. You know, I've got a, a reasonably short-term view of this 12 months to two years out. And, I, and I've seen change in markets before, no pandemic required, uh, but I've seen a shift in markets before and I've seen people be polarized and paralyzed by not doing anything. And as a result of that, their competitors swoop in and st steal their customers and they lose out badly in business and in life as a result of that. So I've, I've kind of formulated a view of what's going to happen in the world in the next 12 months to two years based on the history of what I've experienced in digital marketing, just in business and in life as well. But I've also got a society societal view, if that's a proper word, of, of how things are going to be different. You know, think about it, no more sport. If schools get shut down, there's places in the world that are talking about not going back to school for the entire 2020. That might happen to you for uni. Yeah. You don't go back to physical university. It's all online. You still study, you still do your degree, get everything like that, but you don't go to the physical campus to do that. And I really believe that there's going to be some radical changes in our society, a lot of hardship in the next 12 months, particularly 12 months, maybe the next hardest 12 months of anybody's life ever. Where do, here's the question. That's a long way of me getting there, but I need to frame it. Yeah. Where do you think we're going to be in the next 18 months to two years? What, what do you think is going to happen? Now that I read you into it, what, what do you feel? 18 months to two years. Not often that I think that far in hindsight, you know. Mm -hmm. but, With uh, foresight. Looking forward, not back. You know, the way I describe that is it's a uh, it's a pre mortem, not yeah. a post mortem. So, what's your pre mortem? Um, yeah, that's social that social distancing definitely, um, where the where COVID nineteen dies down a little bit or picks up, where the social distancing increases or decreases, a degree of it will still will still be in not enforced, but in practice, mm. I reckon. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it is a very hard question. You're right. Um, I think it also puts into perspective the idea of disease and hygiene as a whole, mm. like just things like the common cold and um, influenza and gastro and stuff like that. It's just 
I, I do practice that hygiene, you know. Like. I, I deliberately ask you a, a loaded question like that. A podcaster doesn't, and an interviewer, a host doesn't ask a question he doesn't know the answer to. And I kind of knew that you didn't really know the answer to it. And I ask, and I'm asking that question not just of Cameron here, but I'm asking it of you, the viewer, and of you, the listener. Where do you think the world is going to be in the next twelve to eighteen months? You need to form an opinion about yeah. that. And you need to form an educated and informed opinion. I would suggest to you that 99% of people out there, me included, I include myself in that cohort, operate automatically and on autopilot for 99% of our day. Yeah. The vast majority of what I do on a daily basis is very automatic from answering emails to taking phone calls to making sales to recording a podcast to talking to my to my family and doing all those sorts of things. It's very, very automated and automatic. And the moment that I stop and have to think about something, I'm like, damn, I, I don't really know. I haven't yeah. really thought about it. <laughs> and I think because my pandemic preparations ended six weeks ago, I'm six weeks ahead of most people when this started, I thought, oh my God, this is going to kick off around the Chinese uh, New Year there and everybody's going. That's when I really thought that this is going to turn into something big and blow up, which it did. So I'm glad that I did all my prep way back then. And I've had the, I've had the luxury of time. I've had the luxury of watching the news and seeing all of these things and not being polarized by it or scared by it because I've anticipated it and expected it. And what I would ask is that you as my son, please, Form an opinion, form a view, and you as the viewer and the listener, please form an opinion and form a view. Don't just wander blindly to the edge of the cliff, arm in arm with people in a blindfold on. You're going to get to the edge and you're going to lift up your blindfold and go, whoa, man, I'm about to get off the edge here. And you don't want to fall off that edge. You don't want to fall off the edge from your employment, from your health, from your finances, from your family, and especially from a mental health perspective. Oh, yeah. This thing is the most depressing, awful thing that I have ever seen in my entire lifetime. The, The media, the YouTubers like me, podcasters like me, out there reading the scoreboard of infections and death is just awful. They read it like it's a score between the Bulldogs and the Broncos on the weekend, and it's horrible. It's dystopian. It, it is. It really is. Yeah. And no matter how desensitized you are to the media, and I'm not here to bash the media, they've got a job to do to inform you. They've got a job to do because they run a business. They want clicks. They want shares, likes, and they want eyeballs on their stuff. But really, they're not. it's not a beat up. All they're doing is reading the horrible things that we know are happening. And what you need to do, please take some action in this video and please, please formulate an opinion formulate a view of what it is that you need to do for you and your family. So from my family to yours, please form some opinions, form some views, make some plans. When you make some plans, you won't feel like you're idle. Go left, go right, go straight, doesn't matter. Don't sit still in the middle wondering what to do. Take some action, make some plans about your life, particularly about your employment, and about your finances, because those things are the very foundation of your entire family. So do something about that. And if you're a younger person like Cameron, and you don't watch the news, please watch the news a little bit more. Yes. Get involved, get read into it, read yourself into it. Make sure you're doing something about this. Cameron, have you got some final thoughts, mate? Maybe you wanna share something with the audience uh, here? Uh, 
just... I have to say it again, you know. You have to stay hopeful. Hope for the best. But if worse comes to worse, just make sure you're prepared. Because if you're not prepared, you might... You know, that's when the panic ensues. That's when it starts spiralling. And you don't want that. But just take it as, like, scary as it is to look at the stats and to think about all the if situations that may happen. I think just take it one day at a time, you know. Um, Just, like, live your life, like, don't go crazy and don't go infecting other people. But, um... Just take it one day at a time and just stay optimistic because um, I feel like an optimistic mindset, especially in a situation like this, is really helpful. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, you don't want to start spiraling down and stuff like that. Yeah. So stay optimistic. Don't, like, everything in the end, when it's all said and done, where the norm may be different, it'll turn out, it'll probably turn out all right, I reckon. I agree. I agree. And uh, we will, we will prevail. This thing is not going to wipe out humanity. It's going to be a giant inconvenience. And you're just going to have to learn with, to live within the boundaries of that inconvenience. All right. If this doom and gloom is getting you down, we've got some really cool meditations, as I mentioned, and some subliminals. If you've never listened to a subliminal before, it's like a meditation where you can't quite hear what they're saying. And you can hear like, waves of the ocean happening there and you listen to a subliminal as you're falling asleep as you're going from the into the theta state and what it does the concept behind it is it bypasses your conscious mind and into your subconscious mind and you can hear it in your subconscious mind i've listened to subliminals a lot we've got some really great ones that as i said my mate prash and his mrs snare have created for us specifically for the madness of this pandemic uh, to help you get a little bit of perspective and it's really good to do a bit of inner work Uh, Some meditations and those subliminals are great because we get bombarded by so much media and so much stuff from the outside. It's great to take control from the inside out. So if you're interested in learning some more about that, just visit goallin.com.au forward slash chill and the links will be right down in the show notes for you. If you're listening on the podcast, just take a little peek at your phone and it'll be right there for you as well so you don't have to go poking around in Google for it. All right, if you've got a message or some feedback for me, Uh, You can leave that in the comments here in YouTube or if you're listening again on the podcast, just visit the Go All In website. That's goallin.com.au. Click on the contact tab over there and you can drop me an email. Make sure you follow along in social media and don't forget to come on over and join the Facebook group. There's a whole bunch of us over there. There's about five or 600 people in there all going all in on a whole bunch of different stuff. It's a really friendly and happy community. So make sure you pop on over and do that. All right, if you haven't seen some of the other videos, we've got a whole bunch of them just over there. So I'll see you over there in some more videos. That's bye for now.